if things don't change very soon, I am very, very, very certain that within a couple of months, there'll be nothing left in this industry for anyone to buy. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we're going to discuss premiums, COMEX, and the big picture. Joining us for a conversation is Andy Sheckman, the president of Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. Mr. Sheckman, welcome to the show, sir. Reese, it's always good to hear your voice. I'm glad you're doing well, and thanks for having me back. But it sure is a lot to talk about. It certainly is, sir. And let's be, let's begin with really the big one. Uh, you know, you and I receive a number of calls from investors in physical precious metals, and we hear the complaints and the complaints regarding premiums. Can you discuss the 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 reason we're seeing the premiums, the supply chain, and just a number of the intangibles that really go into what's causing this this all-time high in premiums, per se, based off the spot price. Yeah, I, I think it is a realization of a very large fear that I have, Maurice. And let me try to explain. Um, I think most of your listeners will have noticed the tremendous volatility in the stock market recently, where uh, uh, the market may be up one or 2,000 points one day and down one or 2,000 points the next when you look at the pre-market trading often, you'll see things like Caribbean Cruise Line and Norwegian Cruise Line. Now, that to me stinks of the Fed coming in and buying up the stocks, as they said they would do. Mope, I call it, management of perception economics. And when the stock market isn't crashing, it's not the end of the world for all of us locked in our homes not working at least we can feel the world is, is normal when the stock market is going higher. Quite frankly, I think it's, it's very telling what the Federal Reserve is doing because it is supposed to be a reflection of the, of the economy and of the forward guidance of the economy. But suffice it to say, or let me say I digress, but let me tell you what I think is happening. Um, that volatility is very scary to me for one reason. If we look at what's happened since 2008, Maurice, the Federal Reserve has made money very easy and has flooded the world with uh, dollars and low interest rates in an effort following the Keynesian economic model to spur economic activity. Uh, the Keynesian economic model that the West uh, it finds itself under is one based upon consumption, debt, and spending. And the uh, when you shut off the consumption and the spending and all you're left with is a mountain of debt, you have problems. And one of the reasons why I think uh, the Federal Reserve is trying to keep things together by buying up the stock market, amongst many other things that they're buying these days. But suffice it to say, as the stock market moves up, what I believe we see happening is a culmination of 12 years worth of easy money has inflated all of the asset prices. And so when the stock market moves up now, when people have already watched 35% of their wealth vaporize in a matter of 10 days earlier in the month, there's a great deal of fear, and especially for the baby boomers. And what I see happening is a transition from asset price inflation, which we saw over the last 12 years in stocks, bonds, and real estate, to price inflation, and we are witnessing it no, uh, no better place than in the precious metals market. In other words, what I see happening are, is people, in particular the older people, who have made a lot of money over the last 12 years due to the Fed policy, that when the market is, is, has, shows any strength at all, they're selling. They're selling on strength, and they're coming out, and now they have money to do something with, which will translate into price inflation. And you're seeing it with precious metals. In other words, you have a broken supply chain, you have a whole bunch of money chasing the items in the broken supply chain, pushing premiums up higher than I have ever seen in my 30-year career. And I'm getting phone calls that go something like this, and by the way, in 30 years I've never gotten any of these phone calls, but the, the call goes something like this, uh, Mr. Sheckman, I'm friends with John Smith, he's a client of yours, and he told me to give you a call, I just cashed out of the stock market, I have $2 million to spend, what should I do? I'm hearing that every single day now, repetitively. 
and I guess what I'm very concerned about, Maurice, is a tremendous amount of price inflation in this industry. Now, the question becomes, is it too much to pay uh, or isn't it? I just bought 25,500 one-ounce Earth Mint silver bars for Miles Franklin to sell. Um, they're the dragon bars from the Perth Mint. And I paid probably $3 more than I've ever paid in my career to buy those. And that's a, a risk for me, too, because if all of a sudden things go normal, well, that's a whole bunch of money, $75,000 more than I should have spent. So the question becomes, really, is it too much or isn't it? And I don't know how to answer that simply to say this, Maurice. If things don't change very soon... I am very, very, very certain that within a couple of months, there'll be nothing left in this industry for anyone to buy. In 1980, the average allocation to precious metals, and by the way, that was the last time we saw the Dow Jones and the price of gold cross at 800. Mm -hmm. But the average allocation to precious metals amongst the United States portfolios was 8%. Now, it's one half of 1%. If we see a revision to the mean over the last 40 years, Revision to the mean would be 2.5%. So let me put that in perspective. If everyone who had $100,000 were to pull just $2,500 out of their portfolio and buy gold with it, this industry would experience a five-fold increase in demand from what it already has right now. And within a few days, there would be nothing left to buy because we have a supply chain that from the very, very top is broken. Most of the mines across the globe, or many of them, are shut down. The refineries in Zurich are shut down. The Royal Canadian Mint was shut down for over two weeks and just opened on a very limited basis. In the state of New York, over the last five days, the numbers are to be believed, nearly 800 people have died almost every day or thereabouts. That's one every two minutes. How long before the, the United States Mint, which is located in West Point, New York, breaks down? So you put it all together, you have a tremendous amount of money fleeing financial assets and look in search of somewhere safe. The first place they're looking is precious metals. And that price inflation, which means that we have to look harder, search further, pay way more money to get the product just to have something to sell, is a problem we're facing as well. Am I paying too much to buy it? Am I charging too much to, to people when I have to pay three, four times what I normally do? And the answer, as far as I'm concerned, is no. But the bottom line is, unless things change, the price really doesn't matter. It's not about the dollar value. It's about having ounces of gold and silver. And if they cost more to buy now, I can only imagine what will happen if the demand continues to increase and the supply chain does not get fixed anytime soon. So that's the question that people need to ask themselves. Yes, the premiums are high. Uh, I've been buying it every two weeks for 30 years, and my last purchase of Gold Eagles was the highest I've ever paid in 30 years, premium-wise. didn't bother me, because what I see coming is a complete destruction of the supply chain. And if that happens, then getting gold at any price will be next to impossible. So that's the dilemma we all have to face, Maurice. Is it going to get fixed anytime soon? Uh, if the answer is yes, then premiums will come down. If the answer is no, Premiums will only go higher and then disappear altogether. You know, I'm glad you referenced that because I think sometimes someone who's buying or looking to buy precious metals, they are forgetting that you, myself, and everyone on the Miles Franklin staff, we're active buyers. We don't want to pay that premium. <laughs> no, we don't. I certainly don't. But, you know, you, you brought something to my attention, and that's a question that I get asked as well, is uh, in reference to the premiums. And I, my question to the person asking me about the premiums is, uh, what can you buy that's below its 1980 high? If you put that into proper perspective, I'm referring to silver in this case, even with the premium as it is, you're still purchasing below its 1980 high. That to me still is a great value proposition. Now you caveat that. Well, I can't think of another asset. I can't think of another asset on the planet you can say that about. Correct. And now you, you add in all the, the catalysts that you're referring to right now. You're, if you're if you're not satisfied with the premiums now, I can only imagine as things continue to progress as they are in a, in a system that is breaking down, I don't foresee the premiums going down. I may be wrong on that, but I don't foresee that right now. I think the premiums, if this is, this is probably going to be a discount to us maybe in six to ten months from now. 
I agree with you 100%, Bruce. And I wish I, um, listen, if people were to listen to all the podcasts <laughs> I've given over the past 10 years, never in all of my career have I spoken in, in, in this, in these terms. I, I have purchased gold and silver for every two weeks for 30 years because to me it's wealth. Um, and I have never bought it for protection for what we see coming right now. Um, and quite frankly, um, I, I am very, very, very concerned not only about what's going to happen to all of the economies, ours included, um, but what it's going to mean for the viability, long-term viability of my business. You know, they say there's no bull market like a gold bull market for one reason, and that is that every other bull market appeals to people's greed. They want to make money. And very often it's conventional wisdom that when you uh, double your money in, in equities, you, you pull your initial principal out and play with the house money. That's smart. And I agree with that. But in this industry, the higher the price goes only reinforces people's concern and fear. And so nobody sells. We've done record volume of business over the past six weeks, uh, nearly six months plus worth of business. And in that time, there's been less than five people who have sold anything. So there is no one selling anything. This is all uh, people buying. And so I'm concerned for the long-term viability if indeed this doesn't get better anytime soon. And, um, you know, we can, we can look to the, to the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic where the second wave that came through killed six times as many people as the first. And so there's a, there's a big push by a lot of people to get everyone back to work and get the economy going. And I understand that. And, Gosh, I would give up so much of everything I've done over the past six weeks, all of it, if we could go back to normalcy and uh, sit at a bar with a buddy and watch the NCAA tournament. And I 100% mean that. Um, but the bottom line here is that if things don't get any better anytime soon, I am all but convinced that um, gold and silver will be near, if not completely and totally impossible to find. And it's interesting a lot of the speeches that I gave uh, over the last seven or eight years, save the last two, centered around this topic because there have been several instances in my career when nobody was buying gold but the choir where it, we ran into major problems with the eight, or the, excuse me, the five major mints of the world, U.S., Canada, South Africa, Australia, and Austria, where they just could not keep up with demand. Um, you start putting a lot of mainstream demand on this fear on top of that and supply chain problems on top of that. And literally there'll be nothing to, to get. And I'm concerned about that because nobody's selling product. I have to pay way more to find anyone who will be willing to sell it. And, um, when that ends, you know, look, you've got two mints in, in North America, the United States and Canada. Uh, Canada was shut down for two weeks and the U.S. mints in New York. So the potential of those mints all but just ceasing operation to me is, is, is fantastic. It could totally happen. The other three major mints are across the Atlantic. Uh, one's in Africa. I don't have to tell you what could happen if, if this gets really bad in Africa. One's in Australia. One is in Austria, which isn't too far from Spain and Italy. So you know, these are real issues, and, and let alone the infrastructure here in the United States, uh, delivering packages into Seattle, into Manhattan. How does that work? I'm not sure how this plays out. We've never experienced anything like this. Nobody has. In 2008, when the markets, the precious metals markets behaved this way, premiums went to the moon, product disappeared, people were scared with plunging markets, the Fed stepped in goosed the markets, lowered interest rates, and flooded the market with money. And it should have stopped shortly thereafter, but it continued unabated until now. And now when Mother Nature um, corrects, it'll be far more, far more violent, like a coiled spring than it would have been had they let things uh, correct naturally in 2008. And so um, I, I, I just don't see, to be honest with you, Maurice, I don't see a soft landing in this anytime soon. And I guess I would just simply say this, that, um, the premiums right now are not the, the issue. The issue is what, what makes this end? How does this end? When does it end? And if, if, if de-dollarizing and mitigating exposure to the dollar and the equity markets is important to people, 
if they're waiting for the price to pull back, waiting for premiums to come down, I think they're making a monumental mistake. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But um, I really don't see, um, let me put it to you this way. If someone wanted to spend $10 million right now, and I'm one of the only companies, we are one of the only companies who have had product, I don't think we could place that order right now other than locking in the metal price on the Comex market with futures contracts and filling it as product came in. Now, that, that's almost embarrassing. We're a company that in a bad year does $200 million in sales. Um, we did you know, almost $100 million in sales in the last six weeks. So I, I would say to you, what has been normal is no longer normal, and it's concerning me greatly. You know, speaking of the comics, it's a topic I never really discuss on my show. How does the comics play into this? The comex is breaking, and um, this is another thing to be worried about. People always used to say the comex will default, and I, you know, because of the rehypothecation. And the term rehypothecation, Maurice, means that uh, each bar is sold multiple times over to different people. And the reason you could do that on the comex market is that most most people don't stand for delivery. Almost everything is a legitimate hedge and is cash settled. So what happened uh, for the April contract is really very enlightening and illuminating, and I think it could be the beginning of the end for the COMEX. Uh, let me explain. Typically, five to 6,000 contracts stand for delivery out of all the contracts they have. And uh, the COMEX deals in 100-ounce gold bars, so um, that's still a lot of gold, you know, and... Uh, um, 50, 60,000 ounces or, uh, of gold that, that stand for delivery. That, that's, a, that's a lot of gold. But uh, this time it was 28,000 contracts. 2.8 million ounces of gold stood for delivery. And um, the COMEX market didn't have all the bars. And so they changed the rules in midstream. Now, if I were one of those people that stood for delivery, I'd say, where's my 100-ounce bar that I, it says that I own? Now, coincidentally, this is what the uh, the Hunt brothers did in 1980 when they realized there were more contracts issued than bars in the vault. But suffice it to say, what the COMEX did was they changed the verbiage saying you may have to settle for a fractional interest in a 400-ounce gold bar. Uh, and those are traded in London. London trades 400-ounce gold bars supposedly where there's where there's more gold and, and, a, and a big stash. And Chicago trades in 100-ounce gold bars. But the point of it is, is that when 28,000 plus contracts stood for delivery, many of them were not granted and it had to be settled in a fractional interest in a 400 ounce gold bar. I'm not sure how they plan on doing that, cutting it with a saw or re recasting it into 400 ounce bars. But when that happened, the, the, the two markets decoupled. And I have seen it over the last couple of weeks as diverged as $50 an ounce. In other words, Comex says the price is sixteen eighty eight. London says the price is seventeen thirty three, um, and London has the bars. And so, in reality, what that is saying is that the Comex market is being exposed for being a fraud. And the price that they say that it is, which is, by the way, the world Western mechanism, the the price setting mechanism of the West, is being exposed for being a scam and and not what it is. Now, if I were a trader, I would suspect you'll see in the next delivery month, which I think is in June, I would think you would see a massive amount of people uh, try to set, stand for delivery. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, my, my expectation is of force majeure and cash settlement. And really the beginning of the end of the COMEX market, maybe you see price set at the Shanghai Gold Exchange, or maybe it moves to London, or maybe they just change the rules all over again and try to to become uh, a little bit more accurate with, with what's going on with, with the price. But anyways, the bottom line is the COMEX market is beginning to break, and, and here's another reason to be concerned. Now, does that favor someone who currently owns physical precious metals right now? Yeah, absolutely, because right now the actual price of gold is 1702.40. Most, If you go to Kitco, it will still show it at 1686 or 87 or somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, the point of it is that London is telling us right now that the price is higher than than what Comex is saying it is. And if Comex doesn't have the gold and London does, then what is the real price? 
Interesting dynamics. Now, we started off at the 10,000-foot the level with premiums, and then we moved up to the 20,000 with the Comex. Let's take it now to the big picture here at the 30,000 level. What can you talk to us about the big picture that you see? Because you're a big thinker. You're exposed to a lot of information that many of us wish we only had access to. So just give us a glimpse of what you're seeing. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm here again, and, and I don't mean to be a purveyor of doom and that's why I wanted to, to preface things by saying I don't speak this way, but I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm working 20-hour days since February, mid-February, uh, because I really believe this is an important time to, to, to be working hard and helping people. And um, the, the, the thing is this. The Western economies are based upon a Keynesian economic model. Now, us gold bugs would prefer a model that was uh, Austrian-based, which is you build a society like a brick house with investment, savings, and reinvestment. Um, and if you do that, it's got a solid footing, kind of like the, the three little pigs. Uh, our house in the West, Keynesian model, is based out of straw. It is based out of uh, debt, consumption, and spending. And there's record debt, over $285 trillion in global debt which doesn't even take into account the derivatives, which are a big problem altogether. Uh, but the bottom line is this Keynesian-based system works just fine when the engine of growth is working. You can go into debt, and as long as you're able to finance that debt and service that debt, everything is fine. And look around you, no one really owns anything anymore, it seems. Everyone's got auto debt and student debt and mortgage debt and credit card debt. and Well, that's how you get record levels of debt, and... and uh, not to mention the national debt of $24 trillion, the, the tremendous amount of stimulus that the Fed is putting in and the Treasury is putting in, pushing our deficit $6, $7 trillion this year. You know, a, tr a trillion seconds ago was nearly 32,000 years ago. So we have so much debt that is being um, carried by spending and consumption throughout the entire Western world. If you shut off spending and consumption, lock it in its house for two, three months at a time, that debt collapses upon itself. And what makes me very, very nervous is that we are entering a period of time where that debt cannot be serviced by anyone. And so we are heading towards what appears to be a massive depression. Uh, what frightens me is what I started out with earlier, big money pulling out of the stock market uh, looking for a safe place to put their funds, and it will translate into price inflation across the board. It may manifest itself in precious metals first, but you'll see it in things like food and medicine, and things that we need will become harder to get in a, in a compromised supply chain with tons of money looking for somewhere safe to put it, not to mention the, the um, tremendous amount of monetization of assets and, and uh, printing of money by the Federal Reserve, which will find its way into the real economy, creating a hyperinflationary scenario, which I am afraid will turn into hyperstagflation, which is little or no economic growth characterized by rising prices. It's a horribly painful experience. It's a depression meeting hyperinflation. No one has a job. No one has any money. Everyone has debt. It's collapsing upon itself. And the big money that is is pulling out of the collapsing equity market is looking for somewhere safe to put it. They'll buy up everything they can in this compromised supply chain. And all of that money will push the prices of, of the few items available too high for most of us to afford. It's very concerning, Maurice. This is very concerning. It's no joke. This is different than anything we've ever seen before. So the bottom line is I really hope I'm wrong. But in that scenario, it doesn't get any better before it gets a... Uh, <laughs> probably a, a whole lot worse. And, and I think that um, uh, all we can do right now is try to mitigate our exposure to the dollar, uh, go to cash, get out of the harm's way of the stock market. Uh, remember that the second wave of the Spanish flu killed six times as many people as the first wave. So if people are jumping back into the market and they sound, sound the all clear this spring, God forbid we see it come back stronger for the second wave. You can only imagine what that would do to the stock market. And I think that what this is doing is breeding a whole generation of people who are terrified. What would it take? You know, I'm diamond elite on Delta because I travel so much. And I, I think your listeners should ask themselves, what would it take to get on an airplane right now and go stay in a hotel and go sit at a bar and eat a steak at, uh, with people around you and 
go out and do the things that were normal and took for granted all of these years, what would it take to do that? And God forbid it comes back a second time, stronger than the first, uh, people will be way more shell-shocked than the first time, and the markets will absolutely collapse. The bottom line is simply this. All of the Western markets are based on spending and consumption. The stock market is based on spending and consumption. And if spending and consumption die, all you have is world record debt that will collapse. And with that, our standard of living will as well. So I hope I'm wrong, Maurice, but something tells me I'm not. And that's the reason it doesn't matter what the premiums are and what you're paying. You need to get out of harm's way. You need to buy gold and silver. It should have been bought before when it was cheap, but it's not anymore. And now you have to ask yourself, is this the beginning of a new extended reality or isn't it? And if it's not, sit back and wait for the correction and the lowered premiums. But if you think that it is, it's time to move now. And if nothing else, get out of harm's way of financial assets and go to cash. To me, that is the best advice I could give anyone because the traditional wisdom of waiting for this to correct, you have time on your side, don't worry, it always comes back. This is not anything like we've ever experienced ever, ever, ever before. All of the corrections and problems we've seen before were issues of uh, liquidity. This is anything but a liquidity problem. I don't care if they drop bundles of $1,000 bills out of a helicopter. It's not going to stop people from being terrified to go and spend it. Uh, it's not going to open up the small businesses or the restaurants or the movie theaters or any of the things that once were and we took for granted. It's going to take a long time to get back to that. And until that happens, our economy is in big trouble. And I'm very, very concerned. Uh, you know, the old term normalcy bias, this isn't normal anymore. And to expect it to go back to normal anytime soon, I think, is is foolhardy. I wish it were. Um, but here again, hopefully we all survive this healthy. But what it's going to do to the economy, I'm afraid, will take a long time to come back from. And you know what? It may never, ever come back the way that it was. It may be a new reality, a different reality, uh, one that we're all going to have to grow accustomed to. But um, I'm just trying to be realistic here. And I wish that I could convince myself I was wrong. But something tells me I'm not this time, Maurice. Um, and, and I'm preparing for it myself, and I hope your listeners will prepare for it too. Think less about the premiums. Think more about getting out of harm's way of what's potentially roaring down the pike. You know, you reference so much here. Let's talk about reality. I have an 11-year-old son and 9-year-old twins, and they asked myself and my wife, I said, when, what, they asked, when was the last time this happened when you couldn't go outside? Never. This was unprecedented. The psychological warfare that goes on here with the markets, with the people, uh, you're absolutely correct. I believe you're being 100% responsible. And anyone that listens to my program, I never, ever bring on someone that brings on fear tactics to sell precious metals. I believe in being responsible and just using the ratios and trying to buy something that's on sale and what's the best value proposition. I try to keep it simple. But everything that you're saying, if you listen to this program for the first time or you're listening to, uh, uh, to Mr. Sheckman for the first time, if you study monetary history, there's no way that myself or yourself could refute what he said. This is you're you're actually sharing with us monetary history and we're experiencing it right now. The question is is what actions do you take and and I, I want to before we say what actions do you take? Yes, I understand we're going to buy precious metals. That's that's the safe and prudent thing to do. But in reference to precious metals, there's one more thing I want to ask you about because again, I know you're you're in these discussions and you know people that that have so much influence on the world. How about, the, and this is something that we've always heard for years, which is who is going to be the country that's going to go back to uh, backing their currency with a physical precious metal, most likely gold? Who would it be, and do you think that's a likely outcome? I'm so glad you asked that question. And, I mean, I, I don't want to talk conspiracy. I know how you feel about that, and I'm not going to, but let's just talk coincidental. Well, no, no, I, um, I have you here. You and I had a discussion two weeks ago. It's funny. Let's, let's, let's share that with everyone. So you, you made that reference that, Maurice, I know you're not in a conspiracy, which, again, I, I share. I'm not into, but uh, we had this discussion about going down the rabbit hole. And if you recall that conversation, I'd like for you to share that with everyone. And there's some, there's some content and some context that you can really provide to us that I, I'd like for you to just go ahead and, and open that for us. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I'll be happy to. So 
if we understand that the whole Western world is Keynesian-based, how do you blow up a system that is so far indebted, accumulated at the lowest interest rates in human history without really blowing it up? I mean, without dropping nuclear bombs, you keep everyone from spending, and then the debt absolutely collapses upon itself. And everyone's debt collapses at the same time. Everyone faces the same misery and pain at the same time. Um, if you notice, when Nancy Pelosi a couple weeks ago came out with her House Finance Subcommittee proposal, in it was the digital dollar proposal, a Fed wallet of sorts, because evidently the virus is enabled uh, to live on this cur- on currency, I guess. And I, I don't know for how long or the veracity of that, but that's the general thought, that it, the virus can live on currency. And um, so now that gives them the ability to go to a digital dollar, something that everyone's always talked about. I could never figure out how they would get rid of cash. Well, certainly the whole Western world would be happy to get rid of cash if they felt that uh, the virus lived on it. Uh, and I think you could very well see that. But more ironic than that is the reclassification of gold as the only other tier one asset in the world um, by the Western Central Banks a year ago, almost to the day. Mm-hmm. The year before that, the banks started front-running the acquisition of gold. They've been buying gold voraciously for almost three years. And after 80 years of the U.S. dollar and Treasury being the only tier one asset in the world, which is the ultimate form of collateral between Western Central Banks, when they borrow with one another or do business with one another, the only collateral were dollar deposits or treasury bills. I find it interesting that in April of 2019, they reclassified gold and not a special drawing rights from the International Monetary Fund or euros or anything else. They chose gold. So you have rumblings of a digital currency. You have unrefutable tier one asset of gold after 80 years of it being dollar hegemony and now gold is next to it uh, as the same classification so if you told me that all debt in the western world would be forgiven um, because it all implodes at the same time Mm -hmm. culpability of the people who arguably did this with the repeal of glass-steagall the trade act that allowed the savings and loan banks like jp morgan and goldman sachs to become uh investment banks at the same time the high-frequency trading, the derivatives, all of these these financial instruments that have created the, the mess that we are finding ourselves in, not to mention all of the record debt, $285 trillion in global debt, which doesn't include the many hundreds of trillions of, of derivatives, all accumulated at ultra-low interest rates. The only way to blow it up is to keep everyone from spending, and it collapses all at the same time. Um, the misery, both physically and uh, financially, is felt the same across the globe. All debt then be forgiven, a new digital currency free from the virus, backed by gold. If you told me that was going to happen, I would believe it. And one of the things I've believed for a long time is in that scenario, the East will come out with a currency backed by gold as well. You'll have two currency systems, one in the East, one in the West. The BRICS nations have already taken steps to ensure this, with the system that mirrors the SWIFT system that the BRICS nations have created that much of Europe is signing on to. And let's not forget about the Shanghai Gold Exchange and the Chinese Petro Yuan. The Chinese Petro Yuan is already taking steps to usurp the, the uh, U.S. petrodollar. Chinese Petro Yuan is a bond that the Chinese buy oil with from countries like Iran and natural gas from countries like Russia. They pay for it in a bond denominated in Yuan that is then immediately convertible into gold on the Shanghai Gold Exchange. And that's probably why the Shanghai Gold Exchange has delivered over 90 times more gold than the COMEX has in the past two years. So you're seeing countries try to usurp the dollar in trade agreements, in purchasing energy, setting up a system that usurps the SWIFT system, which is if you transact in dollars, you have to be in the SWIFT system. Uh, And I would think that the likelihood of the currency in our pocket that we call dollar bills hanging from a museum, uh, a frame in the, uh, in the Smithsonian Museum in the next few years is likely, uh, whereby everything is digital, uh, everything is monitored and tracked and followed, and the gold backing would enable people to be able to swallow the Kool-Aid once again, because I don't think you would have mass adoption, certainly without resistance, of a new currency after what is 
happening right now based upon the mismanagement of the dollar over all these years. But again, the virus gives all of the mismanagement the cover of culpability. There is no culpability for the people who did this because it never would have happened if it weren't for the virus. And it happens throughout the entire world. So everyone experiences the same pain all at the same time. Now, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole and make the assumption that this was released and this isn't from a bat in a wet market, uh, then you probably would also agree that they already have whoever they is a vaccine. Now, there are rumblings if you watch the Bill Gates TED Talk that just came out. Um, they took a part of it out. And there are people on YouTube who have the original video. And at the very end of it, Bill Gates is saying everyone will need a digital certificate of vaccination in order to get on airplanes and do all sorts of stuff. That's his opinion of what's happening. And in that scenario, the vaccine would be sold to the pharmaceuticals enriching whomever rele uh, released it for generations, and everyone would have to be vaccinated every single year. Now, I don't say that I subscribe to this ideology, but I will simply <laughs> just say this, that there are a lot of coincidences here, and in particular, the talk of a digital dollar, the reclassification of gold as a tier one asset, first time in the last 80 years, um, and the possibility of all debt being forgiven and if you believe this was done intentionally, then you have to believe that whoever did this intentionally, as, as god-awful as that is, probably already has the cure, God willing. Um, and again, please, I'm not saying I believe this. I'm just simply saying I talk to people all day long, all day long, who do believe this. And um, the rabbit hole can take you to some deep, dark places, but there is no other better answer as to how to stop a Keynesian-based society than to lock everyone in from spending and consuming. And the mountain of debt just collapses upon everyone at the same time. And so forgiveness would be accepted if everyone suffered at the same time. There is no, well, that country didn't suffer and we did. This is we all suffered. Let's start over. Let's have a new system and, and start fresh. If you told me that was going to happen, I'd believe it, Maurice. And I, I hate to even think this way, but uh, when you're locked up in your house and have nothing but time on your hands and talk to people <laughs> all day long who are very concerned and believe a lot of this to be true, uh, I think there's a fine line between conspiracy and reality, and somewhere the truth lies somewhere between that and uh, what you see on CNN. There, there, is, there is some conspiracy in every bit of reality these days, I believe. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please forgive me. I'm in the Carolinas and it's 70 degrees out here and there's pollen, so I'm coughing. Please do forgive me and I hope that's not a distraction to you. Uh, you referenced BRICS, and for someone that's not familiar with the term, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They're financial allies and they're looking to have a, a current, make a new currency basically to compete with the Federal Reserve note. You referenced, uh, I don't know if you remember this, how does Chris Martinson fit into this discussion? I, I owe a debt of gratitude to Chris Martinson. I wish I could shake his hand. Um, uh, his website is Peak Prosperity. He's a genius. He's uh, a, a, he, In my industry, I have known him for years as someone who touted the mathematics behind precious metals, that the mathematics would someday push gold and silver to extraordinary highs. And he uses economics as his as his guide. And, and I've always listened and read and followed him with admiration. Um, what I never knew was that he was a, a, had a PhD in pathology and, and was really as it pertained to biology and epidemiology, incredibly brilliant. And for the past 70 days, I've been following him since December. I've been following his YouTube podcasts and I suggest everyone watch him. It's, horrifically frightening but he does not do anything sensational he only uh speaks in terms of logic and mathematics and economics and uh, and numbers and um uh he has helped me not only personally but professionally get ahead of all of this in ordering products for my business and preparing for my family uh, because of him i was preparing when my children looked at me like I was from Mars, I come home with $2,000 worth of food from Costco. Uh, this was in December when it was only in Wuhan. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, 60 days ago, the first case showed up in Seattle. 
and look at how much has happened in 60 days. This is the power of exponential math, and that's what he was talking about. The exponential r not it's called, how fast it doubles, is very, very, very frightening. And, um, and I owe it to him, and I think everybody should listen to what he has to say every single night. Go to YouTube, look up Peak Prosperity uh, on YouTube, and um, read or listen to what he has to say. Um, uh, it is very, 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 very important, Maurice, and I think that everyone should listen to it because, because of him, uh, I have ordered more product than I ever would have for my business, paid way more than I ever would have for my business, um, contacted contacts in the industry that I haven't talked to in years to get more product because of him. Uh, that's one of the reasons we've had product to sell when no one else has. And I prepared my family long before uh, it was considered the right thing to do uh, because of him. And um, I owe him a debt of gratitude both from a personal standpoint and professionally, and the least I can do is tell everyone out there on all these podcasts I'm on, I mention him and his name, and uh, because because he's one of the people out there who is telling it like it is without sensationalizing the outcome and only basing it upon science, mathematics, economics, and a, a good dose of logic on top of it. So um, I think everyone should listen to him starting right now, if they're not. All right, Andy, we've, we've gone to the 10,000-foot level, the 20,000 and the 30,000. Let's just send the interview back down to the 10,000-foot. And let me ask you again, you referenced it earlier, what are you buying right now and why? Uh, I'm buying gold eagles. I'm buying one-ounce silver bars and coins, um, partially <laughs> because there's not a lot to choose from. Uh, also because um, I think that you wanna want to... Keep it as simple as possible, and if, if available, the one-ounce gold eagle is the most recognized coin in the world. The one-ounce Perth mint silver dragon bar and the silver eagle, uh, not only do we have some, but here again, they're very, very well recognized and very, very well sought after. These types of products, Maurice, when they're sold out, they're gone. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get more or what price I'm going to have to pay. Fortunately, we have them. Bottom line is, I got a distribution just the other day from the end of first or the end of the year, which pays me in April. Uh, and I put all of it into gold eagles and one ounce silver coins and bars without a care in the world that I paid a higher premium than at any time I have in 30 years. Um, and quite frankly, keeping a large amount of money in the banks, we haven't even talked about the repo market crisis, but the federal reserve is putting $1 trillion per night into the repo market, which is the overnight lending system between the banks, because the banks don't trust one another. Here again, rehypothecation of assets. They don't trust each other's collateral. They're backing away from each other. So the Federal Reserve, to keep the banks liquefied and the hedge funds from blowing up, and these massive derivative books that are all based upon a set of assumptions in interest rates and counterparties' ability to perform, while interest rates are at the lowest level in human history, and counterparty um, risk is growing exponentially by the day with all these corporate entities locked down and business suffering, derivatives are going to blow up. So the Federal Reserve is putting as much as we spent in over 15 years in the Gulf War every single night into the overnight lending market. So you know, things are, are very, very upside down and in disarray. And I think the worst thing to do is have a huge amount of exposure to the banks or to the dollar or to the <laughs> stock market. So I don't care if I had $2 million to spend right now. I wouldn't put it in the bank. I wouldn't put it in the bond market. I wouldn't put it in the stock market. I would put it into gold, and I wouldn't care what I paid to do it. I'd put it into silver, and I wouldn't care what I paid to do it. Silver is the most undervalued commodity on the planet. As you said, it's the only asset on the planet that is trading at a third of what it was in 1980. And gold because it was reclassified as a tier one asset, because the central banks are accumulating the crap out of it, to me, um, it is the only thing that I have confidence in for the long game. I don't have confidence in the dollar, as we know it. I don't have confidence in the stock market, as we know it. And I certainly don't have confidence for the mother of all bubbles, that's the bond market, which can only go one of two ways, negative, and then their bonds will go up, or interest rates go up for some unforeseen reason, like a new gold-backed currency from the BRICS, 
and overnight you would see uh, interest rates spike so high you couldn't believe it. So um, for me, I'm buying gold and silver in any form I can get it. Currently, it's in gold eagles and silver bars and uh, one-ounce eagles. Interesting. And, and just for the record, what I'm buying is the uh, – a week ago I was sharing I was not buying silver. I am. And I'm guess what I'm buying? I'm buying those Australian dragons. And there's a number of reasons why. The minage on those, ladies and gentlemen, are 250000 and we also have 2020s. And what's unique about them, as you referenced, they're not in an actual coin form. They're more in, they're in one-ounce bars. And again, there is it's government-minted. There's some advantages there. We've discussed those in the past. The tube on those also are 20 versus a tube of uh, 25 for the kangaroos. And here's what's interesting about this, and I think a lot of people don't know. The dragons actually come in a monster box of 200 ounces. Now, I like divisibility. So to me, this is the perfect product. I have low mintage. I have a monster box that is 200 ounces. It's the perfect product for me on a product, again, that's still the premiums right now are less than traditional Silver Eagle. So we're in the same line thinking there, and then I'm buying platinum. So I'm buying the one ounce platinum, so that's for the record there. Andy, before we close, okay. if, oh, Squid, so you want to one last something? Thing, one last <clears throat> thing, let me interrupt you for one minute. You mentioned the 250,000 mintage. Miles Franklin bought 25,500 of them. We bought 10% of the entire mintage. Uh, and here again, we're just one company. So how long before what's available is gone? And then you have to wait for what? If they only made 250, what's next? Uh, how soon before Australia is not able to ship anymore? So again, you, Maurice, you speak the truth, and that's what I love about you, and you speak in such uh, logical, plain terms. And I'm I'm sorry to your listeners. I apologize for for being this way for 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 the first time in my career talking in these terms but uh i hope if nothing else i come across as sincere because i mean this from the bottom of my heart for the very 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 first time i am concerned i'm concerned for us all on many levels and i'm concerned for my business that the biggest concern that i have is the inability to source products so these are as good of a product as you'll find anywhere in the country and as low of a price as you'll find anywhere in the country and when those 25,000 are gone and the 15,000 silver eagles we have on the way and some of the kangaroos we have on the way, that's it. I don't know what, what I'll be able to get next. So thanks for all you do, Maurice. And, uh, again, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to make sure that people knew that, you know, 200,000, 250,000 sounds like a lot. We were lucky to get 10% of it. But what comes after that, I have no idea. No, Andy, you're a man of the, the highest repute in this industry, and, and we're honored to have you on this program, and I can vouch this is not the Andy Sheckman I know. <laughs> and and you're, you, know, you and I are having a number of discussions offline as well, uh, just brainstorming how we can better serve our customers because we understand the concerns. Nobody wants high premiums, and again, you and I are active buyers, and we have to pay those premiums as well. Uh, Andy, before we close, someone listening and wants to get uh, in contact with you, please share your contact details. Uh, I can be reached at Andy at Miles Franklin. I pride myself at accessibility. Uh, as you know, Maurice, we do publish a, 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 a daily newsletter. Sometimes it's three or four days a week, but a semi-daily newsletter, which can be found at our website, milesfranklin.com. Uh, we do not sell online, and uh, I understand that frustrates some people um, because I believe identity theft, online fraud, is, is, is only a problem that's getting worse. I believe gold and silver acquisition uh, is, is belongs in the analog world, not in the digital world. Uh, I do respond to all emails uh, promptly, or I forward them to, uh, if, if it's someone looking to buy, to either myself or to a broker that will respond immediately. Uh, and we can be reached uh, by a phone call at 800-255-1129. That's my direct dial is now rolling to my cell phone. I pride myself at my accessibility, Maurice. You can probably hear my voice as a little hoarse. I've been on the phone every day since mid-February, at least 12 to 15 hours a day. And a lot of your listeners will vouch for that. A lot of them have talked to me. I think in a world that's uh, as rapidly changing as it is, relationships are very important. And you never realize how important it is until there's a problem, which I'd like to mention one more thing. I'm sorry to, to do this, but one last thing. There's been a big slowdown in the industry from all of the companies in delivering product. That is not anywhere near fraud on all of our parts. All of the shipping departments across the whole spectrum 
are practicing social distancing. What normally is 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 people boxing things up are now two, three, four, or five, 30, 40, 50 feet apart. And that same thing goes with the major mints. And it's because if one person gets it, the whole place gets shut down for a few weeks and deep cleaned, and then the whole thing goes pear-shaped. So please understand, delays in shipping are normal right now, but everything will be delivered. And um, that's what I mean about relationships. I'm talking to people every day, asking about things like that. So uh, in any case, uh, for what it's worth, uh, accessibility is important to me. Your listeners can reach out to me anytime at Andy at Miles Franklin or at 800-255-1129. Andy, you, you referenced some good points here. Something that I think we, we didn't reference yet. And I want you to just clarify the importance of being licensed, insured, and bonded. Sure. So the, the precious metals industry, Maurice, as you know, is federally non-regulated. Um, that means it's the Wild West. Uh, Minnesota is the only state in America where you have to be licensed, bonded, and background checked. Uh, we have a very large surety bond, annual back, background checks of everyone, Maurice, myself, all employees, uh, annually, and compliance and continuing education that no other state in the United States mandates, whether you own a company in Minnesota or own one in another state doing it, in, uh, selling into Minnesota, you would have to be subservient to the same set of regulations we are to the Commissioner of Commerce. Therefore, most of the companies outside of Minnesota won't sell into the state because of that licensing requirement. What it means is you cannot do business in this industry in a more safer manner than with a company in Minnesota, and hopefully it will be with ours. Yeah, because that's a, a concern that really I... If I'm buying, if I'm providing you my financial information, and I'm trusting delivery, uh, a lot of us that are shopping around, that are listening to this program, you may see a fancy website, but there's some things that you need to make sure they are. Are they licensed? Are they insured? Are they bonded? And another thing is, are they providing you education? Are they preparing you, other than just price? And that's something to consider. And 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 it goes without saying, uh, we were we are more than happy to price match an online competitor if there is a rare occasion where they have a lower price. But you must call us first <clears throat> to get pricing, and you can do that simply by dialing 855-505-1900. That number again is 855-505-1900, or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. And ladies and gentlemen, to my clients, they all know this, I am available to them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Finally, we invite you to subscribe to Proven and probable.com we provide mining insights and bullion sales andy sheckman of miles franklin precious metals investments thank you for joining us today on proven and probable thank you maurice you take care of yourself and your family and i hope to talk to you again real soon the information presented on proven and probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only without any express or implied warranty of any kind including warranties of accuracy completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.